Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Volume. Charles Darwin. The Nerds is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Garson Breber and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today, because we are officially at All-Star Weekend, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. We are going to be doing an all-time NBA rookie draft. Logan and I are both going to draft a full roster, 12 guys, based only on the caliber of players they were as rookies. No ABA rookies allowed. This is NBA only. And this is inspired somewhat by the debates that we've been having about Wemby recently, just his unbelievable rookie season. So the way we're going to do it is we'll do a fixed draft. Logan will have first pick. I'll have second. Logan will pick next, etc. for the starters. And then we'll flip to where I have first pick rotating once we get to the bench unit to even things out a little bit. But so we aren't just like both picking two guys on every rotation throughout the draft. All right. With that, Logan. Any thoughts you want to get off your chest? Any strategies or anything before you get into your first pick? Well, I'm not going to give you the lowdown. Yeah, draft and by the way, at all. I wouldn't do the same to you either. So good thinking. I'm I'm going to keep my cards close to my chest there. And a big reason why is last time we did something like this, I crapped my pants, uh, for lack of better term. <laughs> uh, it was me, you, and friend of the show, Gabe Swartz, uh, live on mm. Blaze Radio, and we drafted our all-time... Uh, NBA lineups. It was a very fun show, and somehow I came away with a lineup of Luka Doncic, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin oh, Durant, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You came away with a team of Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, <laughs> Tim Duncan, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, so wow, I cooked. Gabe came away with a team of. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I, I apologize. You actually remember all of these exactly? Yeah, uh, Gabe got. I sucked. I blew the draft. It sticks with yeah, me, man. Yeah, you did, bro. This you is... had Clay as a starter Dude. when we were drafting through all of NBA history. He was one of the first 15 players selected. Yeah. Good God. Anyways, let's hope you don't do that again. And 
I believe you might have had Kobe off the bench or Gabe had Kobe off the somebody had Kobe as a sixth man. I think I had Kobe uh, as a sixth man. Gabe had LeBron, Giannis, and Shaq, the most athletic team of all time. <laughs> I don't remember who is and I think he got Steph. I mean, I got hosed. Yeah. I got hosed. Yeah. And so this time, uh, I'm dedicated to not getting the floor mopped with me. Okay. So without further ado, with the number one overall pick. Uh, I am going to take Larry Bird. Uh, Larry Bird took a 29-win Celtics team uh, and transformed them to a 61-win Celtics team. They would end up losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Sixers, but Larry, to me, is a glue guy, a guy that I can put in and pencil in in any lineup that is just going to make it go and to make it work. He ticks all of my boxes. He's an all-time shooter uh, from everywhere on the floor. He is an, he's a great rebounder. He's a great passer and playmaker, criminally underrated, I think. He's a good defender. I just think when I look at what I want to start my team with, it's a guy that can give me a little bit of everything. And you think about the polish, uh, all those years at Indiana State, you know, a guy, and I think that's an interesting aspect of this draft too is uh, Carson and I may lean towards historical when guys are oh, yeah. way more developed three to four years in than where they come out uh, very young and inexperienced. So with my first pick, I'm going to take Larry Legend, and uh, I'm very, very happy with it. Not where I expected you to go. I'm not going to lie, because it is not the most shiny season in terms of raw production, but I think it's a solid pick. I was hoping to get Larry. I thought maybe he would slip through the cracks and I'd get him in the third or somewhere around there, but there's no question when you're talking about immediate contributions to winning, like... It is one of the most remarkable seasons of all time because the roster really wasn't all that different from the group that won 29 games. Like Nate Tiny Archibald was still on that team. Cordred Maxwell was still on that team. Like Larry single-handedly made that much of a difference. And he is the perfect connecting piece. He's going to fit with whoever you put around him. So I like it. Plus gives you some flexibility. You can play him at the three or you can play him at the four. At my number one pick though, I'm getting the guy who I wanted, and that is Oscar Robertson. To me, this is the most dominant rookie season in history, arguably, and there's a reason that I think it stands out in terms of why I would take him with my first pick over some of the other ones that I won't reveal for strategic purposes. But the man averaged 30, 10, and 10 on plus 9% true shooting versus league average and led the number one offense in basketball, took a team that had really been quite bad made them the best offense that there is, which is what he did basically every single year that he was in Cincinnati during his prime. He's a little bit ball dominant, but I get an all-time playmaker. I get a really good athlete, a phenomenal mid-range pull-up shooter. The guy just transformed offenses, and he was doing that from the jump. So I'm very, very happy to be getting Oscar. It's a great pick. Uh, Oscar and guys of that era too. I mean, ridiculous numbers. Uh it's it's a good pick. Oscar probably would have been like fifth or fourth for me. I, I would have taken a couple other guys. The one oh, guy I'm going to go with here, and I'm between a rock and a hard place. There's three guys that I want to take with this pick. I'm going to take Michael Jordan. Uh, hmm? Rookie okay. MJ, I get a hell of an athlete. I get a hell of a defender. And I get a guy who I think is kind of underrated as a playmaker. Uh, I, I think MJ's kind of underrated as a playmaker for his entire career, but there's a couple areas where rookie MJ lacks, right? He's not an elite jump shooter. He's not an elite ball handler, but he's an insane athlete. And that's ultimately kind of, I want to have a really athletic team. And uh, MJ came out the gates putting up 28, 7, and 6 uh, on 59% true shooting with 2.4 steals per game. He takes the 27-win Bulls 
to uh, a 38-win team. They end up losing in the first round of the Eastern Conference uh, to the Bucks. But, I mean, you listen to the supporting cast, uh, Orlando Woolridge, Quentin Daly, Steve Johnson, Dave Corzine, Dave Greenwood. This team was not legitimately competing for anything. He's sixth in MVP voting. He's All-NBA second team. He locks up Rookie of the Year. I want another guard. Uh, I want one hell of an athlete, and if I can get a guy that's getting 28 tough bucks, uh, 28 points per game as a rookie, I'll take that any day of the week. So I'm going to lock up MJ. I wish you hadn't, dude. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to take MJ in the second. I had both him and Larry in my ideal starting five. I don't know why I thought I'd be able to put that together. Maybe because last time I got both MJ and Larry, and that was baked into my subconscious. And magic. I'm going to take Tim Duncan here. I think that Tim Duncan is uh, one of the all-time great two-way rookies. I think his immediate contribution to winning certainly is the greatest that we've ever seen from any power forward. 21-12-3, depoy caliber, was pretty much well-suited to be your offensive hub, offensive number one. I think that when we factor in how many of these guys are going to be throwbacks, I'm comfortable playing him at the four because even though in today's NBA, he'd obviously be a five. He had enough of the mid-range and high post game to not be like a huge inhibitor on spacing. It's not like I'm putting Shaq out there. And then defensively, just a a game-breaking player. So, so complete as a rookie. So, I'm going to take Timmy D. Timmy D is a good pick. I was hoping he would linger around until about the fourth round. Uh, and I would nab him. That's a great pick. I mean, Tim Duncan, uh, one of the most polished guys of all time coming out of the draft. And I have a bit of a dilemma here. I'm going to go – I'm stuck between two guys. Mm. You um, you want to talk it out with me? Not really. I don't really want to give you any any keys. MCW. Take MCW. I did briefly consider Michael Carter-Williams the first <laughs> greatest rookie of all time. Greatest debut of all time, maybe. Nine steals. I'm going to take LeBron. I'm going to take LeBron with my Ooh. third pick. Uh, do I? I'm going to take LeBron. I already said okay. it. I'm getting. I'm getting a supreme athlete, and, and it worries me. Spacing wise, I don't have a point guard yet. I don't have any big men, but I'm really leaning heavily into the athletic side. I just think MJ and LeBron have such distinct physical advantages that they're going to be able to exert over guys. And there's a rim pressuring that I really like there. And, and rookie LeBron. Not a great jump shooter. You know, he doesn't have the control over the game. Uh, It's like you said, Carson. I think when a lot of people picture these guys as rookies, they think that they're just, you know, lesser versions of themselves. They're completely different players. You know, LeBron doesn't have the control of a 2016 or a 2018 version of himself where he's running a lot of pick and roll. It's, uh, you know, he is, but he's getting into the lane. It's more uh, downhill pressure. But the one thing that I really like about LeBron is the fact that one hell of an athlete I think he brings a lot of defense, too, like defensive playmaking that I want. And I think he's going to be able to help in in other areas, playmaking, rebounding. Again, he's not at his absolute apex, and I don't love that his jump shot isn't where I want it to be. But I'm getting a great athlete. I'm getting a really good defender, a really good playmaker, and one hell of a rim pressure, and one of the most athletic rookies of all time. So I'm very happy to land LeBron here. It's an interesting pick. I think that the advantage that other guys have over LeBron is what we've talked about, just the inherent maturity and the refinement that comes with being a 22-year-old as opposed to a 19-year-old. 21st century LeBron is clearly one of the three best rookies who we've seen to me. In the scope of things, though, I do think it's worth noting that he wasn't 
as physically imposing as he would become because of strength. I mean, the explosiveness was there, but it wasn't like he necessarily got to the rim at will in those half-court settings. He settled for a lot of tough jumpers, and he was a really bad jump shooter. He was 33% from mid-range, 29% from deep. He still had so many special traits, the defensive playmaking. Sure, I wouldn't say the possession to possession. He was a great defender, but like in terms of rookies, certainly in terms of 19-year-olds, yeah, he's impressive there. It's not a bad pick. I mean, you're putting together a really nice collection of wings here, which leaves me in an interesting spot because I can kind of play defense or I can play offense. I can take the guy who I think is the best on the board or I can take the guy who I think I'm gonna it would be next. most painful if you got yeah. because he would really put your team together nicely. Decisions, decisions. When I look at positional value here, God, I wish that you hadn't taken MJ. Maybe I should have taken MJ first because, again, positional value is huge. And the gap it's between huge, MJ massive. and every other two guard is huge. I think that Oscar was the best rookie maybe on the board for me. I think that Magic Johnson is another pretty damn good point guard, though. And they don't fit together that seamlessly. But I'm going to take Magic here just because I think he's lapping every other guard. And frankly, if you got him, I think that you would have a crazy squad we're going to have to figure out the fit between him and Oscar because there are some redundancies. Very ball dominant. Obviously, it's a different era, so neither of them are three-point shooting guards. I'm not too worried about that because how could they be? Why would they be? Magic did have the versatility as a scorer, though, to where he could go down, he could attack mismatches in the post, he could run pick and roll and dissect you as a driver, as a mid-range shooter. Rookie year, obviously, we saw Logan. One of the most iconic moments in NBA history is rookie Magic holding down the five in game six yep. of the finals yep. and giving you 42, 15, and seven, I want to say. So... I do like the fact that I'm adding size. It's not the best defensive backcourt, but I got Magic Johnson, man. Yeah. Like in that playoff run, he averaged 19, 11, and 10 rounded. Uh, big time defensive playmaker at the very least with his ability to jump passing lanes. Really good defensive rebounder. Not a good defender overall, but unbelievable playmaker. And uh, I mean, the play finishers on my team are going to be set up to thrive because I have two of the mm -hmm. greatest passers to ever play the game. And I just couldn't let you get magic, dude. You already have all the wing scoring you need. If I let you get magic, like, that's pretty scary. Magic was the guy that I was going to take with my next pick. And I want to make a distinction, too, because I think a lot of people would go, uh, you know, oh, why didn't you take Magic 1? Or, you know, how is Larry and Magic a debate? Uh, I called my dad last night because uh, I wanted his opinion on some of the old rookies that I never got to see play, um, who he thought were some of the best rookies. And I asked him specifically, you know, if I get the number one pick, should I go Larry or Magic? And the distinction he made was Magic got the keys to a Ferrari. And I thought it was a really mm -hmm. good analogy. And Larry got the keys to, a you know, a Volkswagen, a VW yeah. or something. You know, it's a good car, but... Magic got the Ferrari. He comes in and he's playing with Jamal Wilkes. He's playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I don't want to take anything away because they're two of the greatest rookies in NBA history. And I honestly, I think if we're looking at value picks in this draft, I think this may be the best one. I mean, getting Magic Johnson at sixth overall is a steal, Carson. So uh, I applaud you for that. I think that's the best pick. And Thank I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little unconventional here. This is not okay. the guy who is highest on my big board, but I want him on my team. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Victor Wembanyama. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I mean, I think Whoa. that when you were looking at his skill set and the lineup versatility, I'm thinking about a – I'm going to play him at the four. Wemby's going to be my four. Okay. Bird's going to be my three. 
I guess LeBron's going to be my one. MJ's going to be my two. I don't, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. out the, the point guard rotation. Positional value-wise, I think there are greater rookie seasons, but when I look at Wemby's skill set and his physical attributes, I think he can hang with anybody on the court. And if I stick him at the four, uh, because I don't want to stick him at the five, I think with all of these great physically imposing yeah. big men that you're going to go up against, I can't. He's going to get bodied. My team is going to get killed on the glass. But his length is game-changing. I mean, you yeah. can put him in any era against anybody, and I don't want you to get him if I'm being honest, Carson. I think Wemby's skill set is that great. I don't want to go up against him. Well, I think that you're right. You have to play him at the four because here's the reality. Some of you guys are probably wondering, what the hell? Why have no centers gone yet? And this was sort of something that I didn't want to say out yeah, loud about my strategy. <laughs> yeah. The reason for that is that there are way more great center rookie seasons than any other position. Because back in the day, first of all, the league was mostly dominated by bigs. So to start with, most of your great players were centers, but also they came into the league with the most physical advantages off the bat. Wemby, to me, is amazing. He is like as good as a 19 or he's 20 now year old rookie could possibly be. But I just think it's a little bit different when you think about a 24-year-old David Robinson who was making a strong MVP push. Rookie Shaq, who was already the most overwhelmingly dominant physical force in the league, scoring with this unbelievable efficiency, blocking three and a half shots a game. Like, Wemby is crazy. And the skill, what he's been doing for the last three months, it's out of this world. I just think it's unfair. It's unfair because you're comparing a guy who just turned 20 to 22 to 24-year-olds. That's the only reason I wouldn't have taken Wemby this high. But having him at the four is very fun. And it does unlock a lot. I mean, attacking a paint with both Wemby and whoever you take at the five is going to be crazy. That being said, I'm going to have an interior defense with Tim Duncan and who I take at the five, which I'm going to do now. I was waiting. My dream scenario, Logan, was that you took a center other than this guy at number one overall. And then I thought, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to wait until the fifth round and I'm going to get my perfect center who I wanted all along. That didn't happen. Good for you. You played this one smart. You didn't take Clay Thompson in the first five picks. <laughs> I'm going to take Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here, though. I think that... Earlier when I was saying Oscar maybe had the best rookie season ever, the guy who I was most debating it with is Kareem. Because I actually think that Kareem probably had the greatest rookie mm -hmm. season ever. It's just, again, positional value. There's so many great centers. I think most people would probably go to Wilt here because I think they would look at what Wilt did and say, okay, the guy scored 37 points per game. Like, it's pretty tough to top that. But I do think it's worth noting that although Wilt came into the league as, I would say, the biggest physical outlier we have seen until Victor Wembanyama today, maybe the next closest guy is Kareem. When you think about just the agility, the balance, the skill at 7-2, he was an absolute freak. And I do think that he more immediately impacted winning. Like, Wilt made the Warriors better. Kareem single-handedly made them a contender in year one and then made them a champion in year two and then made them like another dominant team in year three. Like he just understood the playmaking aspect in a way that Wilt didn't. Wilt basically didn't pass the ball for his first four, five years. Kareem's efficiency was phenomenal. I mean, he took them from a 27 
win team to a 56 win team as a rookie, averaging 29, 15, and 4 on plus 4% true shooting. Then in the playoffs, averaged 35 points per game. He is one of the very few players in NBA history where there's an argument that day one in the league, he was the best player in basketball. I think really it's only maybe him and Wilty you could make that argument for. And I would take definitely 1960 Bill Russell over 1960 Wilt, who still had to figure out how to most effectively tap into all of this insane skill that he had. Kareem just got it more immediately. And uh, so I'm taking him and I'm very happy with it. I think that I probably got the best player in this draft. You successfully staved me off my last two picks. I was going to take Magic. Kareem would have been my next pick. Let's I'm going to take a guy that you pointed to. Uh, I'm going to take David Robinson here. Uh, I need an interior force. I need a guy who's going to anchor the inside. And I think when you're looking at physical imposition, uh, a big body, I mean, again, he comes out uh, out of Navy, right? He comes out looking like Geo dude. I mean, David Robinson is yeah. one of the most rocked up dudes uh, in NBA history, man. And I want that anchor... Uh, you talk about winning impact too immediately off rip. He takes the Spurs from a 21-win team to a 56-win team. Uh, they end up losing in the Western Conference semis to the Blazers, but he's one of the most impactful defensive rookies of all time, and that's what I'm really banking on is uh, the combination with Wemby and David Robinson. I think we're going to have an insane playmaking duo uh, between the two. Robinson is rookie year 24-12-2 on 53 uh, zero, 73, 60 splits with nearly four blocks a game and nearly two steals a game. He's six in MVP voting. He's all NBA third team. He's yeah. all defense second team. And again, rookie, uh, but technically this is his rookie season. I'm very happy. Uh, I'm really happy with how the starting five uh, has, has, has landed for me. Phenomenal pick, dude. I do want to say like Robinson is up there all time in terms of immediate winning impact. There is some context to the 35 win improvement like the Spurs also added Mo Cheeks for that year who then they traded for Rod Strickland but overall they just like upgraded at the point guard position. They added Terry Cummings, they added Sean Elliott. It was a better basketball team but Robinson is far and away the driving factor and what I really really like about your team Logan is that you've put together a too big look that doesn't feel like it's going to entirely bog down your spacing, deprive you of skill. And part of that is going with like more modern bigs, but it's also guys who even within the context of their times are outliers. It's not like seven, four dudes come into the league handling and shooting like Wemby does. And it's not like any big man had the overall athletic profile that a David Robinson did that combination of agility and of strength, his fluidity as a mover, comfortable mid range shooter, very solid playmaker. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. I can't knock it. So I'm trying to find the fifth guy for my starting five here. And it's really probably got to be a three. And I think that there's one pretty clear choice left out there. I'm going to take Elgin Baylor here. Elgin came in the league. Again, one of those athletic outliers where he just quite literally could jump like nobody else on the planet. And it is pretty remarkable. I recommend people go watch Elgin Baylor play from before he started getting decimated by injuries because his hang time was a weapon in a way that we haven't really seen outside of Michael Jordan at his peak. Like the ability to adjust to rim protectors, to literally outlast them in the air and then make these remarkable finishes. He was always... A good playmaker for being a wing. He was always an exceptional rebounder. And as a rookie, actually scored with solid efficiency. That's one of the things about Elgin. He wasn't a great efficiency scorer throughout his career. But plus 3% true shooting versus league average as a rookie. And 
although the West was quite weak at this time, he still got the Lakers to the NBA Finals. They got waxed by the Celtics, but of course they did. They were crazy overwhelmed in terms of talent and like... Uh, this was not a Lakers team that had a lot of talent. They didn't have another 15 point per game score. They didn't have another name who anybody really would know unless you're like really into the NBA and you know, Vern Mickelson or, you know, hot rod Hundley. So I think outside of Larry bird, it's the best season that I could have gotten from a small forward. I like the pick. I, I, I like the pick a lot. Um, I'm so, playing throwback basketball here. You I are, guess, dude. you know, Hopefully we don't have a three-point line. <laughs> or, uh, so do you have two picks back-to-back now, or do you take the turnaround pick and then I have two? No, so the way that we'll do it now is I pick, you pick, I pick, you pick. We're just flipping the fixed draft. Okay, okay. Because now that it's the bench, you had the first pick for the starters. And I'll have is, the first pick for the bench. This is where the draft is going to get won and lost, man. The depth is really the important piece. Uh, yeah. It's about to get Damn. grimy. This is really interesting, bro. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy. What do I do with this pick? I mean, I think I'm going to keep it simple. I think I'm going to take who is clearly the best player still out there. And that to me is Will Chamberlain. Like, I mean, let's just be serious, bro. Like I can talk about him versus Kareem, but outside of that, it's tough to make a case that anybody who's better than Wilt. The guy averaged almost 38 and 27, one MVP as a rookie, which we've only ever seen him and Wes Unsell do, uh, was still scoring with certainly above average efficiency compared to the league at the time, plus 3% true shooting, even without being like the most committed to the defensive end of the floor, just had such crazy tools. I mean, he averaged probably eight blocks a game as a rookie, and he did improve his team by 17 wins and lost in the second round of the playoffs to the Celtics, who were just much more talented. So if I can get Wilt on my bench, dude, I thought Wilt might be the first overall pick in this mm -hmm. draft. So, like, I get that there's a lot of good centers, but I still feel like that's a pretty damn good pick. People might think I'm bonkers for this pick. I have, I oh have, boy. I have my mind on one guy. Dario Sarge, do it. Rip it. I really hope you don't take... There's two guys that I really want to land on my bench, and I'm really afraid that... I'm really afraid that if I mess this pick up, you're going to take the guy that I want. I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to flip, actually, here. I'm going to see ooh, if I can steal ooh. the other guy in the next round. I'm going to take Rick Barry with this pick. Respect. Uh, I'm getting a guy who is is an absolute bucket off rip. I mean, insane touch. One of the greatest shooters of all time. 26-11-2 on 52% uh, true shooting. He's just multifaceted. I'm getting a guy who is a bucket and a guy who can rebound, and I think that's really valuable to have off the bench. He's going to provide me spacing. He's going to provide me a ton of scoring. And like I said, he's not a liability totally in terms of two-way impact. He's going to crash the glass. So give me white boy Rick. Okay. That's a good pick. I think that he's the next best small forward on the board. Now I've got a decision. Boy, do I have a decision. Don't do it. Please don't take the guy I want, man. I don't know who you want. I don't think that there's necessarily like a super clear next guy. That's what I love about this draft, man. It's really wide open after this. I'm looking in the backcourt. I've got two options who I'm really considering in the backcourt. Goodness gracious. All right, I'm doing it. I'm taking Jerry West here. Jerry took a big leap going into his second year. And there was some stuff that he still had to figure out as a playmaker. He wasn't what he would become. 
his scoring efficiency in the regular season wasn't what it would become. Jerry and Oscar, that's part of what is so crazy. Something that people need to understand. Those guys are consistently like 7% above league average true shooting throughout their careers. And that was an era where, I mean, no guards were efficient. Because you got to think, that's versus the entire league. Going position to position, guards were way less efficient than bigs versus the average guard. I don't know, they could be plus 12% true shooting. It's unfathomable. And it was that combination of incredible driving ability, foul drawing, and jump shooting. And Jerry just didn't have that on lock year one. But he was still a hell of a lot better than almost any guard throughout NBA history. Like, And in the playoffs... He stepped up. He averaged 23, 9, and 5 on plus 8% true shooting uh, as the Lakers almost made the finals that year as well. So to me, he's just mature. I get two-way value. I get both playmaking and scoring. No, I'm not getting peak Jerry West, but the way I'm thinking about it is he brings me something distinct from the other guys. There's more dudes out there who just has straight-up on-ball creators like... I kind of like the remaining options I have out there. I think what Jerry does is a little bit more distinct and complements whoever I want to pair him with in the backcourt. I think that's logical. Uh, Jerry, I considered he was not the guy that I was going to take, so I'm very happy to land this gentleman. And like I said, this might be my most controversial. I might be jumping the gun here, uh, and he's going to be by far the biggest defensive liability on the court, but I really don't care because he's going to come off the bench. I'm going to take Luka Doncic here with my uh, yep. next pick. I, by the way, that is the name I expected you to say, and I very much considered him for this pick. Luca just, you know, I considered him in my starting five, but with the other guys, with the ball handlers, like I said, MJ's a playmaker, Bird's a playmaker, LeBron is enough of a playmaker. These guys are going to be able to give me enough offense, and with Luca, I can kind of throw him in there with anybody. He's going to maximize those guys. He's going to take a ton of attention. I mean, what rookie year Luca was doing was just so far beyond uh, the, yeah. the level of control that you get as a point guard, man. The playmaking, the there are very few rookies that I've ever seen that that have been that effective as a scorer, as a playmaker. And like I said, he's not a great defender. Uh, although the narrative is changing on that. Uh, apparently, Luca's the best defender on planet Earth mm -hmm. now. Depoy, Depoy. Luca's still a thick dude. He's got great change in pace. He's more of an athlete in his rookie year, uh, which I do like, but. Um, Outside of him being a defensive liability, Luka kind of brings me everything. And the fact that I can get him off my bench, throw him in these different lineups as a one, as a two, as a three, uh, he's just an offensive hub unlike many other rookies, and I'm very happy to land him on my bench. Good pick, dude. Probably the guy who I would have gone with next, but there was another option who I was also happy with. The thing with rookie Luka is that he was much more erratic as a jump shooter than he is today, and that hampered his efficiency overall. And he was a bit more prone to getting into those stretches, I would say, where he's just overly reliant on step-back threes. Like, the guy's pretty much always been able to get into the lane at will, but he's just developed his game overall, obviously. He wasn't a volume post-up player as a rookie. He's become one of the most efficient, dominant, unstoppable post scores in the league when he wants to be. Gets to the line even more these days. He's a better playmaker. Obviously, that happens to everybody. But for a rookie, he was pretty exceptionally far along offensively. I'm going to take the other pairing in my backcourt with Jerry, who I was happy with, though. And that is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, from day one, man, just got it. He understood how to impact basketball games positively. He was 16-5-8 on slightly above league average true shooting. 
improved the Hornets by 20 wins. In terms of uh, rookies, like certainly one of the better defensive guards who I could get was so, so quick. That's the thing with rookie CP and CP really uh, for the first like six, seven years of his career. He's one of the quickest guards who you've ever seen. Wasn't the level a jump shooter from three that he would grow to become. I'm kind of playing with a no threes strategy on my entire basketball team, I guess. But he's just a really good all-around impactful winning player. Guy who I trust to do the little things. Guy who I know isn't going to try to overexert himself. Won't try to force any shots. Going to make everybody around him better. And I like the pairings that I have now in my backcourt. Because again, my starters, I think I got the two best guards who I could have. But they do have some redundancy some overlap now uh, with west with cp3 i can mix and match to get a little bit more two-way value i like what i've put together here cp's a sneaky good pick uh i i want your gauge on if this is a good pick or not i'm all right yes yes you should take malcolm brogdon I'm filling out my wing rotation here, and I want guys who can do a little bit of everything, who can complement the other guys on my roster. And so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Grant Hill right here. Um, Grant Hill kind of brings a little bit of everything. He brings playmaking. He brings scoring. He brings athleticism. He brings defense. Like Grant could really do it all. And he doesn't improve the Pistons by a lot. They only go from a 20-win team to the year previous to a 28-win team, but he's 26-5 and on 48-15, 73-54 splits with nearly two steals per game. It's just an abysmal Pistons roster. But like I said, at this point in the draft, I want really multifaceted guys. And the mistake that I made in our all-time NBA draft was leaning too heavily into centers. I took Kareem and I took Wilt. And there's such an oversaturation of talent at the center position. It is just harder for wings to come in or guards to come in and be really productive and effective in winning basketball players. And rookie Grant Hill just has such a really well-rounded game. Like I said, scoring, playmaking, rebounding, athleticism, defense. I want a multifaceted wing. I want a guy who can do everything. And um, I'm very happy to get him here. Do you think, was this a reach by me? I don't know. Grant was probably my most questionable uh, guy on my big board. I think you cook, dude. I think that you found the perfect balance of prioritizing fit and still getting a really good talent. Like Grant is just a connector. He's the kind of guy you want on this team. I think that's an awesome pick. Just a do-it-all stud who was so, so good from the jump. Sheesh, man. I gotta say, taking Rick Barry and taking Grant Hill and taking... I mean, you have a very wing-centric team. Taking Larry, Michael, and LeBron in the first round, like, I don't love the options left at the three. Hmm. Hmm. And I kind of wanted to take Wemby as my backup four. So now I'm in a bit of a predicament. I can't lie to you. I'm going to take Elvin Hayes here. Okay. Again, it's just like taking maybe the best season on the board mm -hmm. at this point. I don't necessarily love Hayes. Like I think that throughout his career, his numbers were often a little bit bigger than he was in terms of winning impact. He generally wasn't a very efficient scorer. He was a pretty bad playmaker, could be a black hole, but led the league in scoring as a rookie, elite rebounder, guy who has the defensive tools at the very least. 
And I just think is further along than any of the other candidates. There's one other guy who I considered. But the wings, the wings who I'm looking at now, it's like they're really talented guys. But we're dipping a little bit into the modern era where it's like, you know, you're you're taking teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I just don't love that. That's a that's a that's a good pick. I like it. Elvin's one of the all time rookie campaigns, and your centers are going to be held to deal with, man. You got a lot of physical big bodies I'm down there. Big in the as trenches, hell, man. Even both of my fours are like fives, <laughs> like they're four slash fives with Duncan and Elvin Hayes. Man, I am, I am deeply troubled by this selection. Uh, I am stuck between two basketball players. I kind of want to get them both. So I'm going to attempt to do so. Let me see. How many picks do I have left? I have... Wow! I have four guys left. I'm on the edge of my seat. I gotta make a. I gotta make a choice between these two guys. I think you only have three picks. Oh, no, right. You have four because now I'm going first. I'll, I'll spoil who I'm thinking between. I'm debating between Chris Webber and Blake Griffin right now, and I want them both. I think they provide versatility. I think Weber's the better defender. I think Weber's probably the better playmaker. Blake is such a physical freaking force off the bench. Damn, man. I'm going to take the better athlete. Give me Blake. I'm going to take I Blake I think that's here. the right pick. Blake's stronger. Blake's more athletic. And I, 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 the, the ultimately, the thing that does Weber in here for me is... I'm frothing at the mouth uh, at the idea of a Luca Blake pick and roll duo oh my God. because I think that is just ferocious. So yeah. I'm going to take the guy that I just think has the more physical and athletic advantages. And I don't want to do Chris Weber a disservice. One hell of an athlete as well. Averaged over two blocks per game as rookie year with Golden State. I wanted Weber and Blake. I think Blake is going to be Blake is going to be my guy. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NERDS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NERDS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and Deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I like the pick. Blake is the guy who I was really debating with my guy Elvin at the four. Just came into the league. Again, one of those physical freaks. And he was a grown man. He's the rare 21st century grown man because he had the injury year and he was already a crazy athlete. But yeah, he was bullying people from the jump. It's a good pick, dude. I guess I'll just talk it through with you at this point because I don't really like my options at small forward. They're all 21st century. They're all super talented guys. Where but did, again, it would just take some time where for did, them to grow into their own. Where did you come down on guys like like Zion who got injured? Where did you come down on, on guys like KD who weren't you know crazy efficient their rookie seasons? Like, Did you consider yeah. those guys? 
while I'm cons considering them right now, I think that the three small forwards who are in the conversation for me are Katie, Mello, and Paolo. All of whom it's like they were so obviously such gifted scorers. But the all-around impact, the efficiency left a little bit to be desired. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is absolutely insane, but like I'm actually considering... Are you going to say Paolo? Ben, no, I thought you were going to say Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben Simmons, I think, had a better rookie season than any of these guys. But how do I put Ben Simmons with the rest of this team? <laughs> I don't know. What I need for this team, Logan, is to put this whole group in 2K where they jack up everybody's three-point ratings mm -hmm. because they're mm -hmm. like, how can this guy be a 96 if he couldn't shoot the three? Or I just need to be able to teleport my guys from the 60s to the future so they would prioritize shooting the mm -hmm. three because they could have done it, but they had no reason to. The three-point line didn't even exist. The reason I'm considering Paolo is that he was the most physically mature, the strongest, the best athlete, and I would say the best playmaker. However, I think that he is pretty clearly the third best scorer because he was really inefficient, mm -hmm. scored with a little bit less volume than those guys in an era where scoring volume is up across the board. And he was just such a bad jump shooter last year in terms of percentages. So now I'm really down to KD and Mello. I think that Mello probably had the better straight up rookie season. I think that he's a little bit more physically mature. I mean, it's really similar between these two guys at this point, but I think that Again, a little bit stronger, a little bit more pop athletically, better rebounder. Neither is going to be a real plus defender. Neither is going to be a real plus playmaker. But also, like, he did change the picture for that Denver team more. Like, that's a team that was in the playoffs. And they had a lot of roster overhaul, a whole lot of roster overhaul. They bring in a professional point guard like Andre Miller. That team looked very different. I can't remember if they brought in Marcus Camby that year or if that was like his second year there, but it's not like Melo was the driving factor there, uh, but I think he was a little bit more ready for the pro stage as a rookie. You didn't consider Weber because you wanted a true three. I just can't really put a front court out mm -hmm. there with C-Web, Elvin Hayes, and mm -hmm. Wilt, you know? I but hear you. C-Web, yeah. Yeah, dude, I think you might be outdrafting me this time, Logan. I feel like you've put together a really nice complimentary team, whereas I look at some of my spots and I'm like, maybe I like the individual player, but it's a little bit clunky. And now I feel like I've put myself in a spot where I had to take a wing, but you got all the all the good wings. I, the imbalance at the center position is really the biggest thing, man. And I, I'm going to address that in a pick or two. There's a rookie that I really want. He's one of my favorite players of all time, and I think – I want a little more scoring and playmaking punch from my bench. I want another guy that we can turn to that's going to manufacture offense. That's Pete Maravich. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Pistol Pete. Uh, you know, like I said for some of these guys, maybe not the most conducive to winning immediately, and Pete is another defensive liability. Like, him and Luca are going to get picked on against these guys. There's just a lot of athletic beasts out there, but Pete is going to – dime up guys he's gonna play make well he can shoot from distance he was so far you know ahead of his time and when I look at the other guards uh, you know I was considering some 21st century guys uh I considered Kyrie you know I, I considered Damian Lillard um I considered Donovan Mitchell even like I just wanted another bench score and kind of playmaker uh -huh. but 
to me, Pete's ahead of his time enough where, you know, he's a legit floor spacer. He's a legit all-time scorer, and uh, he's a real plus playmaker. I think alongside, you know, NBA legends, he would really uh, – he'd really lean into that side. So I'm, I'm very happy to say that uh, I'm going to take Pistol Pete here. I'm, I'm good with that pick. I think that in terms of, like, the little – inefficient maybe not a refined mm-hmm. playmaker but giving you some real scoring punch it's him i think ai might be a slightly mm-hmm. better version of that same mold i'm tempted to take another center here just because it's like how the hell does shaquille o'neal go undrafted so i'm gonna take Shaq just because he's Shaq and pick. he had an insane rookie season he was seventh in mvp voting I mean, awesome efficiency, 23 and 14, three and a half blocks per game, as I mentioned, and took a team that had never, I mean, been remotely relevant, had won 21 games, was, you know, just a couple years removed from expansion, and uh, he made them a 500 basketball team. He made them way, way better. He's just lapping, like, the basketball ability of any non-center here. So I'll take him, and I will have the most insane group of centers ever you got to think too man Shaq is a different beast his rookie year in terms of I mean the way he moves agility like buddy could run the floor you know is pushing the agility power combo is insane rookie Shaq's one of the greatest athletes of all time point blank period and I will say just like with the agility the way that manifested itself in vertical athleticism it's his career high in rebounding and blocks per game like it's a very very fun impressive version of Shaq I have to dip my toes back into the center pool here. I'm going to take Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, Good pick. You know, advanced beyond his time. Um, takes a 29-win Rockets team to a 48-win team. Obviously gets to play alongside Ralph Sampson. Uh, they lose in the Western Conference first round against the Jazz. But, I, I mean, the rest of the group, Rodney McRae, Lewis Lloyd, John Lucas. I mean, come on, man. He finished yeah. 12th in MVP this year. He's all-defense second team. He is an all-star. Uh, 21-12-1 on 54-blank, 61-56 splits with nearly three blocks a game and over a steal uh, per game. Yeah, you know, I, I want a guy who, like you said about David Robinson, I don't want guys who are completely net negative zeros in terms of spacing and offensive ability. Hakeem is far from that. Uh, he brings yeah. footwork, touch on the low block, a little bit of shooting touch. But him and David Robinson are as potent potent as a defensive playmaking duo as I think I could have combined. So, yeah. Um, Hakeem was a guy I considered, you know, potentially being in my starting lineup. So to get him this late, um, I'm elated. I feel a little bit stupid that we haven't taken Bill Russell. Like, I was kind of just thinking about big statistical rookie seasons. Oh, man. Like, it doesn't really make sense for my basketball team, but I don't know how I'd feel about myself if I didn't take... Bill Russell. Now, he, of course, would get better, as all of these guys would. And the Celtics only improved by five wins in terms of their regular season success adding him. But they won the title. And they went from being the number six defense to the number one defense. But I don't know. Like, this was probably the roughest that he ever was offensively. Wasn't the playmaker he would become. Scoring efficiency in the playoffs. He shot 36% from the field, just 50% from the free throw line. Ah, man, it feels tough because it's like he was the best player on a title team his rookie year. Same thing goes for like a Wes Unseld who was MVP of the league his rookie year and brings you really good defensive value, elite rebounding, some of that playmaking. 
it's crazy, dude. The center, it's like yeah. we could do a draft of just five. We could. I feel bad because I'm a Bill Russell defender, and I think that overlooking his impact on winning in favor of gaudy stats is the exact reason that he gets underrated. And I think in terms of impact, like maybe he belongs here. Is that your pick? Are you officially going with bill? Damn dude. I don't know. Why would I have four centers on my roster? Great question. (laughs) And kind of six centers. Do you want to take bill Russell? Uh, That's not the next center that I'm going to take. So I would not take, I would not take bill unfortunately really you're gonna take walt bellamy i'm not gonna tell you who i'm taking walt bellamy averaged 32 a game logan like 32 and 19 or something crazy i will say expansion team that's why like it doesn't matter too much and they won 22 games for the chicago zephyrs was he a virginia boy though oh he's not a virginia boy for a second i thought you were gonna take moses and i was like wasn't moses with the the utah the stars. stars yeah i'm actually gonna take okay i know who you're gonna take now you should take bill russell over him i'm gonna take kyle guy you should take bill russell over ralph sampson logan i'm begging you now for the sake of bill russell's legacy god rest his soul he was a better rookie respect him all right well it doesn't make sense for me to take bill russell so i'm gonna take zion williamson Ooh, zion wee. Just gives me the dimension of, uh, like, I can put the best athlete on the floor for a minute and see how you guys like that. See how Larry likes it when Zion is careening down, beats him with his first step, and then dunks all over David Robinson. Just eats your guys alive. I mean, Zion, like, minute to minute, Mm -hmm. legitimately makes a case for best rookie of this century. And I would still go with Wemby, but like in terms of a dude who just from the jump broke the game open, in 28 minutes a night, Zion was averaging 23-6-2 on 62% true shooting. That's better than 5% above league average. That just doesn't happen like in the 21st century, and it's because we've never seen that combination of first step vertical pop and strength. So I just want to have that dimension to be able to throw at you. Say, all right, let's go have six Zion minutes and he'll score 12 points. Yeah, I'm good with that. I really like that pick. Uh, Zion was on my short list of guys I considered, and uh, I ultimately didn't just because of injury concerns. Um, I am going to take Ralph Sampson here. I think Ralph is criminally underrated. I do want to give some credence to some of the guys that I considered also with this pick. Alonzo Mourning. Uh, Chris Weber, I did want to land. I'm going to take, take Bill Ra- Russell. I'm going to take Ralph Sampson though. <laughs> Seven foot four. Uh, and just some of the stuff that Ralph could do before he got injured, man. I just think we, I don't know, can kind of take for granted because his peak was so brief. 21, 11 and two on 52, 25, 66, 55 splits over two blocks a game. Uh, when Ralph was healthy, like Ralph was really agile, could move up and down the floor really well. A physical freak at that long, and I need another center. Uh, right now, I only have two playable centers on my roster, Robinson and Akeem. I need another guy that can step in and give me minutes. And, you know, in a hypothetical lineup with Wemby and Ralph Sampson, I mean, that's just so much defensive playmaking, so much disruptive length. Uh, I think Ralph gets really underrated because his peak in his career was was cut short by injuries and so short. Uh, I'm going to put some respect on Ralph Sampson's name, and I'm going to take him with the final pick here. Great rookie. Very uh, 
a static basketball player for being seven four. Mm-hmm. Some real grace to his game. I'm good with it. Wow, did you know that Braxton Key is his nephew? I didn't. Virginia legends all around. All right, I need to get over the fact that we didn't draft Bill Russell. Some other guys who I want to shout out. I mean, the center position really is ridiculous. I mentioned Wes Unseld, mm-hmm. Walt Bellamy. Like, if we were dipping our toes into, like, the ABA pond, then you would have a Spencer Haywood who averaged 30 points per game and was ABA MVP as a rookie. You would have potentially an artist Gilmore who was ABA MVP as a rookie. It's crazy. There's so many great bigs throughout NBA history in terms of rookie production. Outside of that, I mentioned most of the guys I was considering, but also some fours, Larry Johnson, Bob Pettit, mm-hmm. Pau Gasol, Allen Iverson. I do think that Trey Young, when you just consider his rare control of the game as a rookie, the rare raw production, the rare playmaking, the ability to stretch a defense with his pull-up shooting from deep three. Obviously, he would get better at all that stuff for year mm-hmm. two, but like, still, it was pretty rare offensive skill from a rookie. Anybody else you want to give props to who you are pained to have left off? Did you consider Steph Curry at all? I thought about Steph literally just as an X-Factor weapon where I can just throw him on the floor and have him splick up. No. I just don't think Steph had figured that out yet. Like... Steph wasn't really taking that high volume of threes as a rookie. He was really good. He was a really good rookie, but at the end of the day, he lost to Tyreek Evans, you know? Like, we can't just project, oh, this is who Steph would become and say that he belongs here. Also, he had those brittle-ass ankles. No love for the boy uh, Terry Dissinger. Terry Dissinger, absolute bucket. Can I get a W in the chat for Terry Dissinger? What did he do as a rookie? 25 oh, yeah. points per game, man. Uh, mm. Eight boards, three assists on 58% true shooting, man. For those Chicago Zephyrs. Oh, yeah. Him and Walt were doing it on the same team. Mm-hmm. They got Walt, and then they got Terry the next year. No, that doesn't move me, unfortunately. Empty stats, expansion, franchise, garbage, plus Walt Bellamy, number one option. That's my take. All right, let's run down our teams here. You give your starting five. I'll give mine. Then we'll go benches. Okay, my starting five, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Victor Wembanyama, and David Robinson. Okay, and I have Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Elgin Baylor, Tim Duncan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Off my bench, uh, I have Luka Doncic, I have Grant Hill, I have Rick Barry, I have Blake Griffin, Pistol Pete, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Ralph Sampson. Okay. I have Jerry West, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Elvin Hayes, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, and Zion Williamson. It's an interesting contrast. I like my draft. My boys could get bodied on the glass. That's the one area where I'm a little nervous. I think we're just... We could kind of bully you guys. That's the thing. And the one thing missing from your starting five, really, is that great lead playmaker. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe collectively you have enough with Larry and with rookie LeBron, but like you don't really have that guy who's mm-hmm. going to have the composure to run offense, whereas I have two of them, so I, mean, I guess I got, I'll figure out what to do with them together. I got Luka off the bench if we need him. You don't want to start Luka in this matchup. We're eating on Luka every <laughs> single possession. We're ISOing Luka every possession. Yeah, I feel that I have the more grown man team. I feel that you have a sleek team. You have a smooth versatile but you're a little bit younger 
a little bit younger. Kind of funny that's a factor in the rookie seasons conversation, but it is. Overall, I think two pretty even teams. Definitely not like last time. Nothing, man. I have, I, I gaffed so hard on that draft. <laughs> I had, I had T Mac. I think I had Pistol oh. Pete. Man, I had. Oh my god, dude! My bro team... was drafting off of aesthetics. Yeah, bro was dude. just like, who's nice? Literally, dude. My team was getting lapped by you guys. I think we did that in the basketball sim game, and your team swept me. Yeah, probably by like 40 points a game. Pretty much. Jesus. My team hooked up. I believe like it, it, the three-point difference was so funny. Your team shot, I believe, in those sims like five threes a game, and my team was hucking like 40. We should run a sim with these teams. I'm actually down. We'll, we'll get the results back to you guys. I'll put it no, together. Let's, do, let's, let's take a second. Let's do it right now. All right, so we are officially going to sim these matchups. We have imported the rosters into whatifsports.com where we uh, played this out with the last draft that we did, Logan mentioned years ago, the only amendment that we had to make was that they don't have Wemby yet. Cause he's a rookie. So we replaced him with Chris Weber. Blake is going to be the starting four for Logan. And here we go. Game one. Oh, I win by two points. Magic comes in with 20 points, nine assists. He is the player of the game. Very quiet game for Oscar. Just four points for you. LeBron led the way with 20. All right, here we go. Man, if magic is the death nail, I'm going to be kicking myself. Game two, you won, Logan. Player of the game, LeBron, with 11 points, 10 assists. The rotations are, like, very evenly spread here. We didn't mess with those at all. Oh, interesting. They started Wilt over Kareem for me and played them a combined 23 minutes. So, I guess I got to live with... Uh, Maybe a questionable head coach. He has Darvin Ham coaching his team. I apparently have Darvin Ham coaching my team. It's true. All right. Game three. You're at home for this whole series, I guess. Ooh. Magic triple double. No. 11, 14, and 10. I win by 10 in this game. Elgin has 16. Kareem had 18 and 12 minutes. Maybe play Kareem a little bit more than 12 minutes, fellas. LeBron is carrying your team, but not the most efficiently. 20 on 9 of 23 shooting. Mm, pass the ball, bro. Game four, you win. Wow. Larry Bird is player of the game, despite just having 10, 6, and 1. Magic almost put up a triple-double for me again. Oscar had 17. Kareem had 2 points in 11 minutes. I want to mess with the rotation, but we're not doing that for either team. But let's just say your rotations make a little more sense, although Pete Maravich did play 26 minutes. That's disgusting. All right, I'm switching it so that now I am home and you are away for these last three. Game five... Oh, high-scoring affair. Logan, I'm not going to lie. Magic is going crazy. 10-point oh. win for the good guys in OT. Magic, 27-6-6. Six six. LeBron and Larry both had 18 for you. But I'm telling you, bro, LeBron is chucking. LeBron was 8 of 25. He's killing me. And he played the entire game. He played 53 minutes. Bro, I have Grant Hill. Like, I have Rick Barry, coach. Yeah, I don't know. Point LeBron is not delivering for Logan's team. LeBron, I think, is playing 48 minutes every game because he did it again. 7 of 19 this time. He's tired, coach. He's tired. And I, I fear he just shot you out of the series because my team has officially won 4-2. Duncan, 16-15-5 with three blocks. The boys came up big. Bit of a quiet series from MJ. He goes out just 12 points on 4 of 12 shooting. 
Elgin comes up with 19-8-5 for me in the big game. It was a balanced effort. Again, my best player, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, averaged about 10 to 12 minutes a game for this series. Mellow, 19 minutes. But there you have it, guys. My team is officially better. Uh, I was humble, and I thought, you know, maybe Logan got me this time, but no, it is definitive. What if sports has deemed that my team is better? So, hope you guys enjoyed this one. A little bit of fun, hopefully, over the All-Star break. We love doing all-time stuff like this, doing drafts. So, let us know if you enjoyed it. And if you want more Nerd Sesh content in general, the good news is there's plenty of it. You can find all of our full shows on the Nerd Sesh YouTube channel. With video, you can listen to the shows across audio platforms, but also on the NerdSesh YouTube channel, you can find some of the video essays, video breakdowns that we are doing. I put one out on Wemby earlier this week, and there's another one coming this weekend, so stay tuned in for that. You can also watch the Trivia Gauntlet show that we've been doing with our friend Peyton. That is a YouTube-only thing once a week. We go head-to-head, very fun, NBA, NFL, and a mystery category. And, of course, you can follow us across social if you just want to see our trivia content clips from the show. That is uh, TikTok at NerdSesh, Instagram at NerdSesh, Twitter at Nerd underscore Sesh. You can also check out our merch if you want. That is at thevolume.com. Logan's got the hat. We got the flags behind us. We got shirts. We got hoodies. All of that is there. And you can join our Discord if you want to just talk ball, Photoshop us onto various dinosaurs that could work as our nicknames. That's all going down. And the link to that is also at our link tree. So with that, as always, appreciate you guys. Enjoy the weekend. I've been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sash. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.